Hi, I'm Jay Edidin. And I'm Miles Stokes. And you're listening to Hawk Talk. Where we talk hawks. Now, normally, if you were tuned to this um, metaphorical station, you would be listening to Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, a weekly podcast all about the ins, outs, retcons, clothes, and time travel of comics' greatest superhero soap opera. But every fourth week, we, we don't do that. Uh, instead, we just talk about, you know, whatever, and we don't really plan it or edit it. So uh, you get what you get, and here we are. If this is your first time listening to Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, you've chosen a strange episode, and perhaps you should choose one of the ones with a number in the front. Yeah, we'd recommend that. This one's going to be bad. Not bad, just different. Might also be bad. I mean, that's true. We, we don't really know. Uh, so, as we rolled our D100 to, uh, to, to pick a topic here, this time... Today's Hawks are... Today's Hawks are... School. Like, the concept. And the specifics, I guess? I don't know, we're gonna see how it goes. I'm against it. You're doing it right now, you just signed up for more of it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, so, um, I guess, yeah, listeners, I don't know if you, uh, if you know, but Jay's in grad school now. I am, for my sins. For your sins, I, and also for, like, I don't know, do you want to talk about what you're doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm in an MA human rights program, um, which I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about and really enjoying. Sweet. Oh, hey, there's a siren, because Hawk Talk. <laughs> oh, there we go, yeah, the, the stuff that normally we pause and then redo that line and have Matt edit it so that you never knew there was a siren. This time, you get the sirens. Yeah, you do. You could, um, you know, shove wax in your ears and lash yourself to the mast. I hear that's a good way to deal with them. But then you miss the hawks. It's true, then you miss the hawks. Uh, Siren was a summon in a lot of Final Fantasy games. I remember her being a bigger deal in Final Fantasy VIII than in the other games, um, but also summons in general were a bigger deal in that one. She's also a member of, of X-Force. She is, yeah. She she takes no bullshit and has a very fanatic accent. You know, speaking of Final, Final Fantasies, um, before this, when I told T the topic, she and I were talking about the worst fictional schools, and... And I realized I did not include, um, but probably should have, Balam Garden. It's a really bad school. Speaking of Final Fantasy VIII, yeah, let's just um, train some teenagers with magical forces that'll fuck up their memories and have them fight teenagers at another school. Well, and have teenagers training them, too. I, I think Quistus was, like, at least 19. I guess that's a teenager. Yeah, that's that's still a teenager, Miles. Everyone's right always so... Name. Yeah, everyone's always so young in role-playing games. It's like, here's the fated hero of the world. They are six, and somehow this is going to work out? Oh, yeah, I've, I think I've already like completely aged out of Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, no, seriously. I remember, um, I think Oren was the old man in FF10, and if I recall correctly, which I may not, he was like 35. I'm like, oh, we're, we're, we're older than that. How old is Sid 6? Sid 6 seems like... Oh, no, not Sid 6. Who's the Sid with the big beard? Uh, that would be Sid, Sid, four, Sid 4 from Final Fantasy 4. He is beard years old. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's, you know, you get to a certain uh, age if you're an inventor, and or a wizard for that matter, and you stop counting in years, and it's just the magnitude of your beard. It's like the rings of a tree. Speaking of wizards, Hogwarts is a really bad school. You know, I was thinking about Hogwarts earlier. Yeah, there's there's a lot wrong with it, and not just the fact that its writer turned out to be kind of a piece of shit. Um, yeah, uh, although although speaking of pieces of shit, the fact that, that wizards went around it shitting on the floor for a long time is definitely a problem. Yeah, yeah, canonical. Thanks, JK. Uh, JK, he said, get it? Anyway, um, so yeah, so I guess in uh, England, I, t I have a, a British friend, and... Um, 
apparently having different like houses in your school, like dormitories or, or groups and having them compete is kind of a thing, which really seems like it would just stoke the flames of adolescent shittiness. I don't know. I, as far as I know, a lot of the British boarding school system is designed to stoke the flames of adolescent shittiness. Well, that sounds awful. I don't want that. I mean, the yeah, magic no, part same. is cool. I do like <laughs> that the Hogwarts houses are based on personality traits and color-coded, though. The part of me that enjoys enjoys both trait psychology and lots of different colors likes that part, even though it's maybe unhealthy. How do you feel about one of those personality traits, despite nominal difference, is actually just evil? Yeah, no, I remember seeing some uh, brief webcomic back before uh, the various controversies, which was like, yeah, you know, naturally, uh, we're dividing children by the four possible traits, brave, smart, evil, and miscellaneous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know, like the boarding school thing. So neither of us went to, to boarding school. Um, no, I, I thought it would be pretty cool, though. It did seem cool, just the idea of being out on your own, away from your family, probably having adventures based on all of the fiction, which is around boarding school kids having adventures. I thought it might be easier to run away from, which seemed like a definite plus at the time. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I always assumed they just employed bounty hunters of some sort, like Carl the Executioner moonlights at boarding schools tracking down kids that run away. I don't know why, but when you were saying that, I thought you were going to say bouncers. Oh yeah, no. If you're if you're not uh, if you're not dressed right or if you're not cool enough, they're just not going to let you into the boarding school. You have to sleep in that's the woods it, with that's Logan. That's how they enforce the uniform rules. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I I've never been to a school with uniforms either. Have Have you? No. Yeah. I I don't know. I guess we had gym uniforms, which were fine. I don't know how to feel about that whole thing in general. I didn't because I didn't take gym at all. How'd you get around that? I don't remember. I was in one of the high school orchestra classes in middle school. They let you sub out gym for orchestra? That's a very different thing. Yeah. um, In general, like, Florida is not super responsible in how it handles electives. I took, took, like, the the half credit of personal fitness that you have to take in high school, but I set all of my fitness goals as flexibility-related, so I just get into a stretch at the beginning of class and then fall asleep. I mean, it, it seemed to work out. Like, you got really flexible. You were really good at that. Yeah, I passed the class. <laughs> I, um, in gym class, I was never very athletic. I was always, you know, picked last uh, and unpopular be- because of, well, a lot of things, but that was one of them. Hey, um, same. Yay. But uh, I had ingrown toenails, and so I couldn't really run, and so I kind of got a pass to just sit around while everyone else did, which I was very satisfied about at the time. And as someone who now does run, I kind of wish I'd had to run more when I was younger, and my body was better at not hurting as much, except for the ingrown toenail part. Yeah, in general, I wish that physical activity had been contextualized really differently for me as a kid, like in ways that didn't involve absolute abject social misery. Yeah, seriously, same. Like, I know you and I... Okay, so, listeners, you may or may not know, Jay and I went to um, a a school for the academically gifted, which always feels weird to talk about, but we were... We were two of the kids who were kind of nerds among an already nerdy school, which I feel is quite an accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, which I guess is kind of part of why we ended up friends. Weirdly, we're probably not the kids in our class who would have been voted most likely to end up professionally hosting a podcast about the X-Men. I don't think they invented podcasts back then. Still, general idea. That's true, that's true. No, I don't think any of us saw this coming. Although, our very small graduating class did produce a surprising number of comics professionals. Three? Uh, Yeah, out of like a hundred. And that's just three that we know about. I mean, for all I know, just random other kids who I barely remember are, like, inkers or something. 
I suppose it's possible. I think most of them are like lawyers or finance professionals or I don't know. I, I have I have really avoided staying in touch with most of the people we went to high school with. Like very, very deliberately. I, I tried. So listeners, um, I will perpetually be vaguely resentful of the fact that Miles refused to help me fake my death for the alumni newsletter. I'm just saying it would have been pretty awkward for me and uh, everyone. <laughs> it's not like you know, it's not like we would have gone to reunions anyway. I mean, okay, true, true, but I'm a terrible liar, and if anybody else feels bad, then I feel bad. It just, I'm, I'm, I'm the wrong choice for this sort of thing. I mean, I feel bad about having any contact with Pineview School for the Gifted. Does that I, I suppose there's that. I don't know. There were some cool teachers. We're, we're still in touch with some of our, our peers. I mean, we just had Tina on the show, and she went there. Yeah, but those are the people we're voluntarily in touch with. That's not being in touch with the school. Oh, that's true. That's true. I have not talked to that school in, in, in a long time. But I don't know. There there were some cool spots. I mean, I'm remembering uh, the class we were in together where we got to first, I guess, first be friends. That was um, Mr. Krause's English class, right? Yeah, that was fairly rad. Um, he was a good teacher. He, he was a good teacher. A few years ago. Yeah, that's that fucking sucks. That sucks. That's the thing. Like when I go down the list of favorite teachers, there's at least one I'm not in touch with, but the other like, three of the top four are all dead. Damn it, world. What the hell? I'm sorry, this is not turning into a fun episode of Hawk Talk. Uh, yeah, you know, life has some not fun things in it. <laughs> and and there are some of them. Yeah. I say but, a few. I think it was more like a decade ago. I time, what even is it? But uh, good things about that class. I remember we would have, we had our vocab book. And um, when you, like, answered a vocab question, right, he had a jar of uh, really fancy spicy pickles that a friend of his made. And, like, your reward was you got to eat one of the pickles, and they were very good. Yeah, they were fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I miss The power those. pickles. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. School was uh, – middle school was rough. High school, for me at least, was, was less rough. Uh, I think the social bullshit had um, chilled out a little bit by that point. I liked college. College was good, yeah. Do you remember how, like, we were both so adamant that we were not going to pick a college just based on one another, and then we ended up both independently picking the same college? Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. It was good, though. Like, I'm I'm really, really glad that I ended up there. It was a good school, yeah, Warren Wilson. I I'm also impressed that we both picked this tiny, goddamn, obscure school, weirdly. Um, both but... of us were very susceptible to its marketing. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were, you know, they were a bunch of hippies who believed in social justice and stuff, and uh, we, we were very ripe for that. Um, I went honestly, there largely because it was one of the only schools in the country that offered peace studies as a major, um, which I did not end up majoring in. Yeah, no, it, it was a cool place. Uh, the other unique thing about it, um, well, there were a number. One of the unique things about it is um, it's not technically unique. Anyway, the point is... Uh, Every student there also had a job working for the college, and there was also a service hour requirement. And the job thing was really cool. Like, it, I was so used to in high school, everyone just, like, it wasn't cool to like things or to care about things in, uh, in our generation of high schoolers. And at college, I mean, everyone was invested in the school. They were the ones working there. They were the ones taking care of it. So there was actually this kind of rad feeling of community and connectedness. And I'm not saying everybody got along, but it kind of felt like we were all on the same team, you know? Yeah, and no one who went to Wilson is ever going to be shitty to anyone in the service industry. Oh, absolutely. No, I really appreciate that almost every student there starts with one of sort of the, the frontline, like, 
I guess, low prestige in the larger world jobs. Like you were uh, doing food prep or you were cleaning or you were washing dishes. I was going to say you dishes. were doing food prep, prep. I was mopping locker rooms. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely got the um, – you drew the short straw on, on that I one. I don't know. True. I feel like like it was kind of a crap job, but it was also a primarily self-directed job. Like I had shit that I had to do and I had regular hours, but I was pretty much working on my own. That's not so bad, yeah. I uh, I don't know. Doing uh, short order cook stuff was fun. I never got amazing at it, but uh, it was all right. I made a lot of omelets. Oh, God, hundreds of hundreds of omelets. And from first semester, or from from our second semester there on, I was at the writing center. So that was great. That was awesome, and turned into my career for two subsequent years um, after graduation. Yeah, like basically helping other students with uh, with writing. Like I know you worked with a lot of students for whom English was a second language, but a lot of folks, different folks in general. Yeah, I love writing centers in general because they're all about disrupting pedagogical hierarchy in really really cool ways. So can I? Oh, can I? Can I rant about something I get excited about that's school related? I mean, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, but I, I feel guilty monopolizing. No, go for it. All right. So I have a really big problem with the way that writing is taught in high schools and especially advanced writing because there's this fundamental disconnect between um, between the technical stuff and communication. And writing fundamentally is a tool for communication. It's something you use to accurately to, to convey ideas in a way that will make them accessible to other people, sometimes to specific other people. Like it doesn't have to be generally accessible to be good. But when the way writing is taught in high schools often really, really, really breaks that connection. And it becomes all about following specific rules. It becomes all about um, technical requirements. It becomes all about, you know, mechanics like grammar. And the kids who aren't good at jumping through those hoops never really internalize the idea that it's worth being able to express ideas clearly because that purpose is so divorced from writing as it's taught them and as they experience it. And then a lot of those kids come to college and a lot of the kids who are good at the mechanical stuff, again, have the same disconnect because they're they're good at the hoop jumping and they never really figure out that there's a destination on the other end. I was definitely part of the latter group. And then they come to college and have to actually, and, and ideally, because you, you can get through four years of college without ever having to do this, but a lot of people, and the people who are lucky, come to college and really get that blown out of the water and find for the first time that they have to actually be producing substantive writing. And I think one of the most valuable services that the Writing Center provided, um, and the, the Writing Center structured tutoring because writing center theory is is a whole thing it's not like it's not just writing tutoring it's 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 a very very pedagogically specific structure um does is really really restore the idea of academic writing to its dialogic roots yeah no that that makes a lot of sense to me and i mean i certainly remember the the tyranny of the five paragraph essay but I don't know. I feel like you and I also had an advantage. Like you mentioned, uh, falling into that ladder camp that you that you described. But like, we also had in high school Mrs. Janoff, who I think was the that was the first time I ever really learned about writing as anything other than checking off boxes. Like I still remember the first time we got our all of our first papers back, and like the the second or third day of that class, and everything was just covered in red pen. I remember her favorite thing to write was so question mark whenever you wrote anything that was just filler. She's dead now, too. Damn it, Jay! Sorry. I'm sorry. The, inex- the inexorable passage of time is really awful. That is true. I'm not, I'm not just making this up to be a dick. 
Uh, yes, it's true. But she was a great teacher, and I appreciated that. She was, um, and that that's so is something that has really, really stuck with me as a professional writer. Like, that's something that I try to ask myself as I'm writing, you know, what is what is the function of, of what I'm adding here? Does this matter? Why does this matter? Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I know, like, you were really, really good at helping, at helping kids at the Writing Center do exactly that, figure that, that question out exactly. Well, I think a lot of what I did and a lot of what Writing Center tutors do with with struggling writers is reground them in the idea reground them in 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 what in again writing is communication and in what they're trying to communicate not in you know the way to express it formally not in not in the the correct margin width and and indentation and citation format but in the just very very basic idea of of expressing thoughts and the and and in reinforcing the idea that they have thoughts and ideas that are worth expressing that way because a lot of people again really have that ground out of them totally yeah yeah i don't know it's interesting like looking at at writing like i know you've obviously stuck with writing in a number of forms like for the podcast much less formally and you know for actual for comics for essays for reviews for whatever I mean, ironically, if you're going with, with formal edits route, the podcast is among the more formal writing I do because the cult opens are so specifically structured. I guess that's true. But like the episode bodies aren't and Hawk Talk sure as right. hell isn't. Yeah, but, no, Hawk Talk is, is, is a horrible amoeba. <laughs> yep. But have you noticed like as we've done more of the show, that more verbal style of communication creeping into your written writing or do those tend to stay pretty distinct for you? I mean, my writing as my my written writing is is already pretty i i mean i can i can write pretty much all over the place tone wise and at least one of the styles i use is is already pretty conversational that's true yeah um but anyway all of this all of this uh academic stuff aside i feel like if we're talking college we also have to talk about ridiculous college life uh i i always go back to dorm life I kind of miss Dorm so Life. So there is a game called Dorm, Dorm Life that advertises um, in a number of, of kind of casual iOS games that I play. Uh-huh. And it does not resemble Dorm Life in any form that I have ever experienced. You can have a baby with a cat boy. I mean, we didn't know any cat boys. Maybe we could have had a baby with that cat boy if we met one. There's there's a whole screen that's like, design your baby. Whoa. Was it, was it Gattaca that did that? I don't know. I don't know. And this is just in the ad. I have no idea what the actual gameplay is like. It's purely based around designing babies with the cat boy. Like, that's the entire game. Dorm Life is just a strange translation of the original title. I say cat boy, he's actually just like a super buff dude with a cartoon cat head. What? 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 <laughs> I mean, <Dorm> okay. Life. <laughs> uh, well, so we didn't have any of those in the dorms that I know of. Uh, we definitely did have animals, though. Um, we People will remain anonymous here, but uh, we, we definitely... Should we tell the bird story? No, we shouldn't tell the bird story. Okay, we won't tell the bird story. Instead... tell the bird story. A different story. Um, so we had a shared kitchen in our dorm. We were in a dorm where everyone had, like, uh, suites. So there were two dorm rooms with sort of a bathroom in the center that each dorm room could, could use from their own dorm. Yeah, the definition of suite was extremely, extremely... Um, perhaps exaggerated usually when people say suite in a dorm like there's a living space no these were like two small bedroom dorm rooms and a linked bathroom 
I mean, it wasn't so bad. It was better than our previous years where there wasn't the linked bathroom. Okay, Wilson uh, dorms suck by most dorm standards. I, I just want to want to put that out there clearly. So when we're talking about dorms, um, just like like shrink what you're thinking of by about half. I mean, I have nothing to compare it to, so it seemed all right to me, but... I'm just reminded of in the shared kitchen. So Warren Wilson is famous for a number of things, and one of them is that it's a school of potheads, uh, which back in like, you know, 2000, that was a little, maybe it was less common, maybe it was just less easy, I don't know. But uh, I still remember that time that um, we, we would leave like shared ingredients um, in the in the kitchen and that big bag of oregano you had just disappeared Yeah, someone stole day. all my fucking oregano, I assume because they thought it was weed. How would that have gone? I've never tried to smoke oregano, which I pride myself on. Neither have I. I I, I don't know. I Fragrantly, I assume. I guess so, yeah. I don't know. Though. I do kind of miss that. Like, I miss that kind of community living. Like, having more living space as a grown-up with a non-dormitory place to live is, is nice. But at the same time, just having your friends kind of around to hang out with whenever they were free, very conveniently, like... That was pretty cool. I, I get the appeal of, of a more communal style of living. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to schedule D&D. Oh, geez. Scheduling role-playing games as an adult is fucking challenging. So, as we're talking about school, I, I keep on going back to fictional schools and how, how most of them are really bad. Okay, okay. Um, and I'm thinking thinking about the school whose name I don't recall, but from My Hero Academia. Which Have you seen My Hero Academia? No, I, everyone tells me I would love it, and I would love to see it, but I have other shows to finish first, but I, I well, would like a, to watch it. Well, it's a school for superheroes, and the principal is a large mouse, Okay, and okay. the kids are, are regularly put in, in extremely severe peril, and, and they don't really seem to have any academic classes. I mean, it's kind of like Xavier's in that regard. It's very rare you see anything other than fighting holograms on the curriculum. Yeah. I, I assume that Xavier's is accredited only because of telepathy. Probably. I mean, I do remember in the first issue of Jason Aaron's Wolverine and the X-Men, there was a list of classes in the back that was hilarious, but uh, I don't know how much I trust that any of them are real. I mean, that series also had them brainwashing a, a creditor. Uh, true, true, it did. Uh, not. I mean, this is what happens when Wolverine runs a school, you know? That's also how most magnet schools get accredited. Telepathy? Yeah. Or magnetism, which, as we learned from the Silver Age, has some overlaps with telepathy. Oh, man. Magneto should run a magnet school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, fictional schools, like, a lot of them are perilous. They're they're fun settings, though, because you have a built-in structure, which I feel like is handy for, for fiction. You can play with a lot of archetypes, because almost everyone's going to be familiar with the concept of school. Um, do you remember... I haven't seen much much Uritsai Yitsura. Am I saying that right? Uh, we have one listener who will absolutely correct me if I'm not. Um, but do you remember that movie Beautiful Dreamer by um, the same Only guy that did very, Ghost very in the Shell? Vaguely. So Uritsai Yitsura, and again, I know so little about anime, so I may be getting all of this wrong, but I've heard it described as um, anime Archie, kind of, but there's also like an alien girl. Um, so basically like anime Riverdale then. I guess so. Yeah, last time I hung out with Tina and Max, they were telling me about Riverdale, and holy crap, that show sounds bonkers. As far as I can tell, Riverdale is like if someone watched T Twin Peaks and was like, this would just make a really good high school sitcom. I mean, it kind of would, so okay. I haven't actually seen any Riverdale either, but my understanding is that there are cults and possibly also aliens. Uh, legit. Well, anyway, Beautiful Dreamer, it it basically involves like uh, the this 
weird alien force creating like this perfect world for various characters and all the adults are gone and the city is abandoned and there's an army tank and the same day keeps repeating and um school was was easier for for us than that but that's a great movie i mean sometimes school was easier i guess that's true yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. So X-Men, obviously, I know we're not supposed to talk about X-Men, but I keep thinking about Kurt Busiek many, many, many episodes ago describing the boarding school hijinks of uh, Silver Age X-Men, of it being like that, those old mm-hmm. stories, the, the famous five, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there is an appeal to that. Um, I know there's currently a Black Hammer spinoff called um, the something or other unteens but it's it's very clearly based on silver age x-men and the ilk and like that formula just works the idea of this incredibly small class of special kids who have all sorts of drama in the midst of trying to deal with the structure of a school that is mostly punching holograms and teenagerhood in general i mean that's the formula for the magician's books too are the magician's books is that related to the magician's tv show or, or is that two different yeah things? the tv show is based on the books and i mean the books started out as as a riff on harry potter if i recall correctly so oh, okay that. but yeah, legit but is the school from that okay gotcha and it one. is it has the distinction um among terrible fictional schools of being post-secondary it's a college and grad school oh, okay so you can like uh sex it up like riverdale Although I guess they're technically supposed to be in high school, despite the fact that the actors all appear to be, like, our age. I mean, some of them look like they're in their, like, early 30s, late 20s. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's closer anyway. Uh, man, so what's it like being back in school? Because as I recall, I mean, well, as, as I know, like, this is not the first time you have intended to go to grad school, right? I mean, it's the first time I've I've seriously looked into it. Like I've I have I have flirted very casually with the idea on and off for years, but this is this is the, the first time I've actually like applied. How it how does it feel? Uh, like how does it differ um, from regular old undergrad? It's nice. I mean, there's there's a much wider range of of student ages and experience and backgrounds. Some of that is just being in New York. Some of that is the specific program. Um, I think MA programs probably tend to attract more diverse range of folks just because PhD programs are largely for career track academics. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's really cool. And I really love the the range of perspectives that's in there. Um I don't I don't know if I'm older than any of my professors. I'm really, really, really bad at guessing age. See if you were a, a, an engineer named Sid or a wizard, then you could tell by beard. But it's it's a different yeah. program. So well, none of them have beards. Oh, well, then they're clearly not wizards. Uh, apparently not. Um, I, I only I'm taking three classes with with a total of two professors this semester, so I, I don't have a huge sample to work from here. Legit. I have heard that grad school is ridiculously overwhelming. Like, how are you holding up with that? I mean, you're still doing the podcast, which is great. I'm very very pleased by that. I mean, it's intense. There's a lot of reading. I think this semester, I know at least one, at least one of my two professors is is going lighter on on writing assignments than they normally do, largely because people are juggling school with pandemic and a lot of stuff, and also because again, it's a program with a whole lot of returning students who are largely working full time. Like there are there are some twenty one, twenty two year olds there, but I think most of us have like previous lives and careers. Um, a lot of people within the relevant field and some people outside of that. That is, uh, 
that is a very reasonable way of of doing that. I'm super glad to hear that because, yeah, grad school has always been this sort of like boogeyman when I've heard about it. Like, ah, would you like to always be stressed and have no time ever? I mean, there's definitely that. Oh, okay. <laughs> the the no time ever is, is accurate. The always stressed less so, I think, partly because I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and partly because I have a very flexible day job right now. That is definitely handy. Yeah. No, for real. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh... I, I, I got the undergrad degree and, and that's been it for me. Like I've done a couple of community college courses to fill in like IT skills here and there, but that's basically been it. I, uh, I do kind of miss it. I, I miss psychology. I miss being more on top of what's going on in the world of psychology. All of my knowledge is incredibly outdated at this point. I mean, I thought phrenology was cool. Apparently it's not cool. Okay. No, that was before. It's not cool. Well before college. It's really um, uncool. No, it's just a lot, of, a lot of weird race stuff going on there, as I recall, as with most things from the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, we're we're doing um, – I'm, I'm taking a class in, in philosophy of human rights, and right now we're reading ancient Greeks, and they're all awful. Why can't they be more like in Hades? Hades is fun. I just finished the Hades epilogue last night, so it's on my mind. It's really great. It's, like, diverse and queer and awesome and really fun, and I approve. Oh, Haiti. Yeah. So when you started to say that, I thought you were just going to, you were saying, I, why can't they be more like in Haiti? And I was going to be like, actually, the entire rest of the class is about the Haitian revolution. But um, that's not exactly I, the same thing. I, I know more about Greek mythology than I do about uh, anything in Haiti, actually. I guess I should learn more about it. fucked up when you think about it. I know, right? Yeah. God damn it, the discourse. <laughs> uh but <laughs> Hades very much aside. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any any uh, recent, like, favorite fictional school stuff? You mentioned The Magicians. Oh, I really... I've, I've only seen the TV show, but I really, really loved the TV show. Legit. Um, no, I, I've heard awesome things. I've, uh, I'm a fan of the Trails uh, series of Japanese role-playing games. Um, I haven't yet gotten to the Trails of Cold Steel quadrilogy, but like Final Fantasy VIII, it's also set in a military academy and looks really, really good, but also like it would take 500 hours of my life to get through, and I, I can't really do that these days. T and I have been reading uh, Diana Wynne-Jones' Crestomancy books aloud, and we just finished one that's set in a school called Witch Week. Oh, nice. Is it a witch school? Um... That's a complicated. That's a complicated question. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Books have tangly plots. That's legit. Yes. Um, Ostensibly, I, uh, no. Okay, fair. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what my my favorites of those are. I don't know. Like, I I really enjoyed Harry Potter, and it's harder to enjoy now, even though the Quidditch rules make no sense and the metaphor gets very very muddied immediately. But uh, I think I just liked all the all, all the color coded personality traits. I mean, I'm I'm a man of simple color coded tastes. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I don't know, it's weird. It's weird that something that was the entire structure of our lives for so long, it's so strange that that just stops once you uh, are, are done with your formal schooling. Like, you no longer have that academic schedule to base literally every aspect of your, your life around. Yeah, there are ways in which it definitely feels like coming home. I mean, especially for me, because... Even before I was in school, my life, like my parents are, are both teach, so my life has been on academic schedules for all of it, and or, or had until I was out of college. Oh, and and for a couple of years after that, because I was running the writing center out of college, um, and I I definitely do kind of think of academia as my my lingua franca. No, that's legit. That's definitely been like a part of so many aspects of of, of your world 
for well since well before I've I've known you. Do you think that's going to be something that continues? I mean, obviously hard to predict the future, but like I don't know. I'm not really planning to pursue a PhD at this point, but there's a decent chance that that'll change and it's it's really going to depend on on sort of where things go career-wise and what I find and what you do with an MA in human rights. What do you do with an MA in human rights? I mean, I like human rights. They're they're the best kind of rights, arguably. A lot of things. Um, some of the stuff that I'm most interested in has to do with policy and basically interaction of policy and practice. Um, I was looking pretty seriously at an um, uh, MPP program. MPP? Master in Public Policy. Oh, okay. Um, or MPA, Master of Public Administration, um, at, at the same school, which was how I stumbled across this one, which was much more specifically the areas I was interested in working sweet no i'm i am damn impressed like this seems like a super rad program and also you are juggling a lot of things right now yes many (laughs) many balls many balls that sums it up right there it's a jay edited story (laughs) i'm glad that despite pushing 40 we are still 12 i would never have made that joke at 12 oh oh i totally would have uh anyway so uh school i don't know like i feel like have have we covered our our academic uh basis here i mean we kind of covered high school we kind of covered college um i guess we have there's we could go back to the really early stuff ah the early days young jay and miles tiny tots wearing short pants and propeller beanies i assume no maybe short pants sometimes I always thought propeller beanies were kind of cool, but only because I saw a cartoon where someone flew around with a propeller on their propeller beanie, and I was there very was sad when I... There was an extended Calvin and Hobbes plotline about that. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Where Calvin... No, because he couldn't fly with it, because he, he fantasized about flying with it. He he ordered this propeller beanie. He saved cereal boxes or something like that for ages and ages and ages and ages so he could get this fucking propeller beanie, which he really wanted, and he'd been fantasizing about flying with it, and he, he assembled it... Um, it was battery operated, so the propeller could could run on its own. And he put it on, and it did not take off. And he was really disappointed, and he thought it was trash. But at least it came with a really cool cardboard box. <laughs> and as we have learned from Calvin and Hobbes, cardboard boxes are also extremely important, be they time machines or trans- transmogrification devices. I mean, I've known that for ages. Legit, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Being little, that was hard. So I, uh, I was in second grade twice and first grade not at all, like my school skipped me uh directly from kindergarten to second grade and then when i went to pineview since it was a gifted school they're like no 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 you should be in like your age group uh and mainly i remember that a year is a big difference in terms of maturity when you're that small and so when i was a first grade age kid in second grade it went poorly like i wasn't popular in middle school and stuff but like that year was rough uh, and I mean, you know, I, I get why the kids around me were not so pleased because I was this weird little immature kid who kind of had no right being there socially. Well, that's the wrong way of putting it, but you know, I was I was very different uh, maturity wise. Um, so I don't miss that. The only thing I missed from that year was that we had a Nutcracker play, uh, and and our class um, did lyrics to that dun 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 song, which I still remember to this day. Yeah, we've got a Russian recipe. It's all that a recipe should be. It's right for every Russian appetite. Uh, that huh. has stayed in my head longer than almost anything. Thanks, neurons. Okay. You went to a Montessori school, right? 
I went to Montessori schools from like age one through fifth grade. And there are there, I, I will say right now. So Montessori schools are a really mixed bag because there are multiple accreditation organizations, but you don't actually need to do anything or get any kind of accreditation to call your school a Montessori school. So there's a lot of bullshit out there. So I should just, I could just like invite a lot of raccoons into my living room and decide that we had a Montessori school. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Raccoons are, I mean, they're cool, but they're a little creepy. Yeah. So the schools that I went to, except for the one I was in, well, the one I was in first grade in was accredited. It was just, it, I just really hated the teacher. Um, were, were like actual serious Montessori schools that actually, you know, understood the pedagogy and philosophy and materials and all of that. And my mom actually still teaches in one. The reason I was in those is that from, from when I was, um, I'm pretty early on. My mom had been a research chemist and she decided she wanted to go back to school for Montessori education specifically. Um, so, which was how I could afford to, you know, then be in private school for years and years and years. Right. And, um, so I was one of the kids who really, 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 really thrived in a mastery system. And, um, I got way ahead of age group to the point that there was pretty serious talk of jumping me ahead multiple grades, um, when I went to public school. which my parents vetoed on the basis that it would be bad for me socially. So I was in my grade and still had no friends. And so um, basically between our two examples, the the conclusion is you can't win. Yeah. The conclusion here is, 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 is unschool. But, um, I, for a really long time, I also really wanted to drop out and and basically self homeschool. Um, I tried to convince my parents to let me do that for years and years. And I don't know if it would have gone well or not. Probably. But yeah, um, I, 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 I did. No I, I really I really like a lot about um, formalist Montessori education, um, because, again, there's a lot that's mastery based. There's a lot that's sort of practical life and engagement based. And when you get into the middle school stuff, like there wasn't a Montessori middle school in the area when when we were in middle school. But my mom now runs or is the, the head teacher at one. Um, like they continue to do practical life activities and stuff like that. But there are things like internships. And for a long time, her class like ran the school's hot lunch program and stuff. And it's so cool. That's kind of rad, yeah. That's almost like a mini version of what we were doing at Warren Wilson. Yeah, and they 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 learn the same core curriculum stuff, but they engage with it in in a much much wider range of ways. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Like the the whole uh, becoming a well rounded person thing seems a like an important goal when you're a kid, and b like something a lot of schools are maybe not so great at. Yeah, yeah, no, a lot of schools are really bad at it. I mean, the Xavier School just has you punch holograms. Pretty much. <laughs> so there you have it. <laughs> yeah, Academics school. and us. It's a thing. Writing centers are good. British boarding schools are bad. Most fictional boarding schools also problematic. Uh, and with that, uh, I guess that's what we have for you as far as Hawk Talk this week. Thank you for joining us uh, on this trip down mildly traumatic academic memory lane. And if you're listening, person who smoked our oregano, I, I hope that went okay for you. We'll be back next week with actual proper Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, uh, produced and everything. But for now, thanks for joining us on this ride to nowhere. Bye, everybody.